yet to extend your warranty past the factory cutoff. And this is a courtesy call to renew your warranty before we close the file. If you are interested in renewing your auto warranty now, please press 5 now or press 9 to be removed from our list. Listening to the Give Me Five Podcast 174, sorry, episode 174, side B. This is the Give Me Five Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things that you love today and the things that you thought you would love because you loved the first one. If and you love this, you're wrong. Just, and then just wrong. You watch you found out there was a fourth one, so you went to watch that, and it was terrible, and everything sucks, and you make me hate life. Anyway, my name is Farting Wolf, and I'm joined by Sleepy Weasel. That's El Pollo Cansado to use. <laughs> and Amorous Rabbit. Let's do it like they do it on Discovery Channel. Yeah, this is there. Yeah. <laughs> and that other oh. voice you heard is CJ O'Doyle. He has a giant crow tattooed on his back. He is a wrestler, which is why I know that he has a giant t- crow tattooed on his back. So I thought, why not introduce him or remind him of the terrible fourth crow movie and make him angry. It is the it is uh, the only thing that haunts me more than insert something terrible. And crow three. <laughs> crow three. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Uh-uh. I'm say, I'm gonna start saying hey like the rock did in that Rusev segment. Hey, 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 hey. You watch you hey, watch hey, your hey. mouth. Crow three was not bad at all, and Crow two is also not bad. And the reason, actually, I'm just gonna shut up and, and I, I'm I'm scuba diving. We're not even in the kiddie pool yet, so I'm just gonna calm down for right now. Was the was it Mark DeCascos in three? He was in the TV show. Oh, okay. He was right. also in Brotherhood of the Wolf. I just I go. just know Kristen Dunst was in three. I don't know. Oh, I forgot about that. I, 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 now I kind of remember that one vaguely. I don't. Um, let me let me know so, when we can wait, deep dive into it because I'm ready to go ahead first. So you might remember CJ O'Doyle from a previous episode when we talked about No Holds Barred. Uh, that, that was, was yeah, that was back in November. Jimmy was not able to be there, um, but so Rob and I took it upon ourselves to get Jimmy and CJ into a, a feud. <laughs> um, and uh, that feud, you know, it's it's probably culminated at this point, and maybe there was a, some sort of swerve, and there's, we'll yeah, just say that this is no. There's Jimmy some... and CJ are now tag team partners, and they're going to put me through a table or exactly. something. So, that sounds that, that's, I'd pay. I'd pay to get a seat for that. <laughs> it is it is very much a childhood dream of mine to uh, to put Greg through a table. <laughs> no, 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 just, just to bounce off the ropes. Uh, we'll have to set that up or something one day. Let's do it, it is That's all I want to do. Well, yeah, we can set that up. Excellent. Wow, look at that. Hell maybe, yeah. the feud, Man, maybe the feud is over. You should like be scared now for trying to put us against each other. I have you're going I have, for, well, well, he might just wait for you to step in the ring and he might bounce you off the ropes. And there might be a spear or something like that. I um I had a buddy one time who 
I have a buddy who was like, hey, my buddy's about to get married and we want to do part of the bachelor party in a ring. So I hooked them up with a uh, place, whatever they paid with. Uh, little wrestling matches themselves and uh you know i obviously just based on the last one minute of conversation take it for granted because i get to do it whenever pretty much but for someone that just wants to try it once i'm like oh maybe i shouldn't take it for granted but anywho long story short um it just your comment reminded me of the time that an entire bachelor party was in the ring so Awesome. No real point except nice. for it just triggered a memory. So. Oh, hey. That's cool. We have fun yeah. bachelor party. So this week, and we will get awesome wrestling talk throughout the night, but this week we are going to talk about The Crow, Wicked Prayer. Now, the reason why we are doing this is because uh, Jimmy picked a movie a couple weeks ago called Six Gun or Six String Samurai. Mm-hmm. And... In doing research on this, I clicked on the director's name, uh, Lance Mungia, yep. and it said that he directed the fourth Crow movie. And I was like, "You were like, there's, there's a, a fourth Crow movie." You realize, and you, which is weird because realize, the Crow they let this guy make more than one shitty movie. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's exactly now, what I realized. Now, to be fair, to be fair, this movie was not nearly as bad as Six String Samurai. <laughs> wow, that is saying something. But for, it, that uh, is saying something for. Uh, that is definitely saying that is definitely saying something for six string samurai if you'd rather watch crow four coming from the guy who has a crow tattooed on his back then the the sound rob was making is the the child in the six string camera samurai who talked like that all the time until he didn't well, i i've never wanted to punch a child in the face so much in my life and then I, once you I was just, is this video recording too or just audio no, just audio. Oh, yeah. Just I was gonna make yeah. and once you <laughs> once once Greg realized that it wasn't Joan Jett and it was actually Edward Furlong. Yep. <laughs> somebody was like, Yes, him beyond me. Yeah, so let's get started here. I think we are yeah. we are well you know, on our way deep into the anyone movie. can play the crow. The problem, I think, or not except for Edward Furlong. The pro- problem is a negative <laughs> word. The uh, the obstacle and the challenge is, you know, did you fall in love with the crow character or did you fall in love with Brandon Lee or both? So here's the thing, I've never, I haven't read the book, right? I haven't read the book, so I'm strictly based on the movie, and I am not really terribly familiar with Brandon Lee's work prior to the movie. Um, certainly not after. Obviously, that's a bad joke. Um, I should have stopped myself mid talk, but sometimes I just can't. Thanks, concussion. Thanks, wow. thanks. He, he really is a jerk, just <sighs> like his uh, Twitter bio. No, says. just too many concussions, and I realize sometimes as I'm saying stuff that I shouldn't be saying it, but it's too late because it's already coming out. So the win is that I realize, the lose is that it's as I'm saying it. Um, thanks, concussions. Anywho's, um, through the power of anything, <laughs> I can take that but, out if you want me to. No, nah, wait, what? Nah, leave it in. I said what I said, and I've already apologized for it. So um, what was I saying, though? So, oh, yeah, so people are just – they're just infatuated with the the job well done 
by the actor portraying the character, right? And mm-hmm. that's fantastic. He he is the crow to many people, right? But the crow is the ability, the crow is the bird, right? It's the ability to come back, right the wrongs. So who says, I sound like a director, who says that the only person that can come back and right wrongs is a a tall, slender gentleman with great abs that had a hot girlfriend, right? I think one of the reasons, especially Greg, should go back and watch two is because number two, it's just a dude and something, spoiler, something happens to the kid. Let me tell you, now that I have my own, I have to go back because I bet I could relate way more to the pain and suffering than a girl. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I just think. Hey. My problem with Crow 2 was that they took the deaths a little too far when it came to theatrics. Whereas I thought they were a lot more organic in the first one. Like there was like giant flaming crows and stuff like that. And I just wanted I wanted less Punisher and more. You and know, to be and to be complete and to vengeance. be completely fair, it's been a long time since I've watched it, so that doesn't even yeah. ring. There's a lot of like giant flaming crows and stuff. I like that. totally believe it. I'm just I'm just defending the idea that other scenarios other than single man that loses his girl can be a crow. So. Um, yeah. But number four is terrible. And going back, bringing this full circle, you know, Edward Furlong can be a crow, right? We know Edward Furlong for this reason and that reason. But when you strip him of his name and what we know about him, right, he's playing a character, right? So you have to suspend your disbelief or else you're already watching from a jaded opinion. You know what I mean? So it's all right. Let's see. You know, it's like saying like, um, like, I'm not a huge Nick Cage fan, right? So, but it's like already putting on a Nick Cage fan, a Nick Cage movie and already having an, a subconscious negative outlook on it because I'm just not a huge fan. Now, the good thing is if it's an amazing movie, boom, you know, it's always easy to take a bad grade up to a great, it, it's always easy to take a bad grade, get one 100 and now boom, your score's up there, right? But if you have constant hundreds, mm-hmm. it takes 165 to lower the shit out of your score, right? Anywho, so I think Edward, Fur- in fact, I'll just be honest, I do remember when I saw Edward Furlong was the crow. I was, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years ago. And I don't, I didn't care or know that much at the time. I just remembered him as the kid from Terminator. So I'm like, cool, let's give this a chance. You know what I mean? Um, And even if I hated him, it's still the crow and it's a franchise I like. So anyways, I'm just kind of uh, sticking up in the sense of anyone could be the crow. You know what I mean? Jimmy could could be the crow before he goes through a table, you know? (laughs) To be fair. To be fair. I I did not have a problem with Ed, Edward Furlong as the crow. I mean, different strokes, different folks. I, we can all we can. There's the beauty is there's four of us. We can all have four different opinions. So I'm not I'm not trying to sway anyone's opinion. I guess I'm just trying to make sure that when a person listening to the podcast watches it, they have a fair, neutral. Oh yeah, and and I but I did feel that they could have done a better job with wardrobe and makeup because it really looked like he just took a sharpie and drew two lines on his face we are going way at the end here and we haven't actually introduced the movie yet so let's do that real quick spoilers there's gonna be yes, some man it's, yeah. an, it's an old movie and it's crappy there's so. gonna be spoilers blood, uh, okay that, we got that. when greg asked if i wanted to come talk about it that was the he'll tell you that was the main focal point it's gonna be hard to shut up but i'll do it but 
oof, that gets my that gets my gears grinding and, and running and and I'm trying to be quiet because I'm trying to get my kid to sleep and man, I just want to flip shit already just thinking about that. Anyways, <laughs> before okay. before so, I hijack this any further. The Crow, Wicked Prayer, was released June 3rd, 2005. Dimension did not want people to say that this was a straight-to-video movie that thought they thought that would be bad. So they gave it a one-week release on one screen so that they didn't have to say it because they knew it was a shitfest. Directed by Lance Mungia, starring... And now here's where I was like, really? Because it was starring some big names. Edward Furlong, which we talked about. David Boreans, Tara Reid, who was... Only a few years removed from American Pie. Emmanuel Trichy, who was also in a big show around that time, uh, Entourage. Danny Trejo, big name. Marcus Chong, who had just come off of uh, The Matrix. He was Tank. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis yeah. Hopper and Tito Ortiz. And again, and it's now, like, big, big names. This, is, this is 15 I, years ago. So Tito's in the prime of his career, basically, roughly. <laughs> As you said, Emmanuel Chikri is a teen heartthrob. I still love her to this day. By the way, you'll call me if you hear this. Um, She's on the new Superman show. We, we determined. I'm going to have to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, in a Hollywood A-list. But like you said, even Tara Reid was just slightly removed. And David, you know, David Boreanaz is a, I don't want to say a legend, but you know, he's clearly very famous. So it's not your a cast, but it in theory should have been great. It was, I mean, back then there's one name that you didn't mention that I'm actually really curious to see if anybody recognized him. No, which one did you recognize the gentleman who played pestilence? No, the one that was pouring chemicals all over himself for some reason. Yes. Uh, I did not. Who was that? That was the guy who played Chosen from the Karate Kid. It was it was the the antagonist from Okinawa. His In... the villain from Karate Kid 2. Oh wow. The kid. Huh. And he was also he's also in the new um Cobra Kai show. He was yeah, he, as a bar right. owner. <laughs> Or met at a bar with them. Right. That's interesting. But it was chosen from Karate Kid. Has too. anybody has anybody yes. watched Shit's Creek? Oh yeah. So you you remember the episode where Moira's doing that movie and it's just like direct to DVD and even the producers like let's just get our paychecks and get out of here. Yeah. That is exactly how I feel. The cast and director was when making Crow Four. They were just full on Shit's Creek Moira and be like let's just get our paychecks and get out of here. This isn't fun. Let's go. Yeah. You're probably not wrong. Maybe not the director. The director had, I think he came out of retirement to make this movie. I, I have a feeling that it was one of those situations where it was like, we're going to make, we're going to make this movie. Do you want to direct it? No. What about you? No. What about you? No. Well, what about this guy that did Six String Samurai? Will he do it? <laughs> Couldn't really find that he, I, I think this was the second and last movie that he directed. Yeah. So he, he made was, made he one. Was, it was so shitty, it forced him to retirement. And they're like, "Now nah, let's yeah. give you your big comeback story. We'll throw one of the coolest movies ever with one of the easiest stories to do at you. Let's see what you do with it. Nah, stay in retirement." Hey, uh, CJ, real quick, I think your the microphone is rubbing on your arm. Oh, when you <laughs> can you flip it over your arm? I think it's the giant. It's the uh, giant. Bicep. I think it was my beard because here's the microphone. Oh, gotcha. It's probably rubbing oh, okay. my beard. Sorry. 
Sorry about no, that. No, I'm yes. sorry. Don't, don't there apologize. We. There we go. Is that better? I was scared that Jimmy would have to edit forever. <laughs> um, so this this movie, we, we've kind of gotten into it here. So I saw that this movie was directed by whatever, and then I also saw it in a four-pack at the Super Walmart near my house. And oh, I was shit. like, this is this is a sign. I didn't buy it because I don't want to I don't want to why know. not what were the other three movies that's the important question well they were crow one Ooh. through three but I already own those what was it like five bucks <laughs> PJ's like well Walmart <laughs> it's, I'll be it's right a, back well he lives near me so it's the, the super Walmart it's it is on the right side of the uh the electronic section you'll see a card in Alifea yeah Perfect. I know where I'm going tomorrow <laughs> all four crow movies like i think it was like 7.99 for all for four crow movies yo real talk i okay. real talk i just got all the all the saws for like 10 bucks on dvd <laughs> with everything with Hell everything yeah. being digital and streaming obviously discs are you know going by the wayside so you know these prices are obviously get them before they're gone so i i gotta admit i still like having an actual disc <sighs> i do for nostalgia purposes, I suppose. But when my kid is like, I don't know what movie to watch, and I just throw on Disney Plus, I'm like, pick a pick a thumbnail. It's so much easier. Yeah. Well, but by the same token, I also have a system set up at my house where I actually digitize all of my DVDs and I have them stored on a hard drive. And all of my TVs are smart TVs, so they can access the hard drive through the Wi-Fi. And I have all of them basically digitally. I'm gonna need you to hook my place up. Hey, side note. <laughs> <laughs> Side note: This isn't. This is anyone that's getting tech support from Rob has a problem. No, well, so I, listen, I could. It took me twenty minutes just to get on this thing, so I definitely need the support. I spent too long. I spent too many years in the gym and on the road versus being a human. So, um, but we're talking about DVD for just a moment, and I'm sorry that I'm hijacking the crow talk. But um, I was cleaning out my parents' house re- uh, very recently, and I might have, but did bring over a VCR with ECW tapes off of the television with authentic, real. <laughs> Jimmy froze in the best yeah, position. Yeah, no. With authentic. He froze like King Kong Bundy. authentic, <laughs> real music. So Sandman actually comes out to enter Sandman and New Jack actually comes out to uh, um, Natural Born Killers and it's just so much better. Dreamer to Alice and Changed. Douglas, the perfect strangers. It's just, uh, it's a. So you did, you did fire. It's up. a goosh moment for about like thirty minutes, of course, but it's ECW. it's the one thing ECW. that makes watching ECW on the network not fun is one is the fact that real music was part of the aura of ECW. But this isn't the crow, so I'll shut up now. For now, for now. You're going to have to watch ECW with Jimmy. Hey, anytime, man. Now, so this movie to me, when I started watching it, you could almost see that they took a checklist to the first movie. <gasps> Agreed. And and they Agreed. were like, like, we need to have this. We need to have that. We need to have that. They had to ha- like, they had lots of shots of the crow. Okay. That makes sense. Like the, the bird. Terrible shots. Um, by the they way. had to have. Yeah. They I had mean, to have even, um, eye removal. I mean, even, I mean right? even in the first one, it was kind of, kind of, you know, cheesy, whatever. Cause it's a crow flying. But the fourth one was just like. There's a crow sitting on a lamp. They just gave up trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there was like there was eye removal. There was um someone that could see the future by stealing someone's eyes or burning someone's eyes. Like um they'd had a sequence, of course, with the crow getting hurt. 
by an amazing throw, by the way, um, and it weakening the actual crow character. Like just um, the makeup reveal was terrible. <sighs> I know this is gonna. I know this is gonna get you angry. So <laughs> I'm gonna say that and step back. Danny Trejo playing an Indian talking in Spanish. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Nobody will notice. Yep. Yeah, oh, pictures just, of him. You're uninvited with the crow makeup on. That. You're uninvited now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> and then you were mentioning, so like there was just a lot. It was almost like, like I said, they made a checklist and they're like, okay, the crow movie needs to have this, 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 and this. They missed the fact that none of it takes place really during the night for the ah, most part. See, another, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a refute you on that. That's another, oh. that's another myth. Why does it have? Why does it have to take? That looks cooler. <laughs> sure. But that that's where I say who says it has to take take place tonight. If anything, that's the one thing this movie got right in terms of how do you make it different from the others. So, you know, number two made it different by it being a child instead of a, a woman or a lover. And I think I thought I again, you know, I get it, it's dark, it's goth, right? But who says? And uh Honestly, I feel like this movie was a Chinese ripoff that should have been titled Blackbird. Um, I don't disagree with that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's almost uh, to kind of relate, uh, not related, to kind of whatever. Compare Heath Ledger's Joker to uh, Jacqueline Phoenix's Joker, but you can't because one had a whole bunch of special effects and he started the movie as Joker, right? And then the other one was just a normal man, essentially, that... You know, would people have still watched the same movie if he didn't don face paint and call himself the Joker? Would he have still watched the movie? Would you still watch the movie if it was just about a man who just, you know, society eats at him until he can't take can't take it anymore? You know what I mean? I'm sure there's a lot of similar movies that aren't called Joker that are exactly like that. Anyways, my point is, um, I don't think you need I don't think it needed to take place at night. I get the golf thing, yada, yada, yada. But again, you're stereotyping at that point. So that's my, ref that's my rebuttal to you on the fact that it had to take place at night and my defense of that. So it looks like I've defended this movie twice already and I'm almost going to be ashamed of myself. So yeah, you're well, no, I, I would say that I have to side with you on that one, CJ. I don't, I don't know that it necessarily has to take place at night. And in, and in fact, the big scene at the end did take place at night, but just everything that happened didn't take place at night. And I'm yeah. honestly, I was okay with that. I didn't, that really wasn't my big problem well, with this if movie. They, well, we all know my problem, but here's another crazy idea. Who says it has to be a guy? If they were ever to, if they were ever. Well, this movie would have been better if it was Emmanuel Treaky. Like that'd be an awesome story. I, I agree with you a hundred percent, you know? So um, I feel like at one point in the 20 years they've been talking about redoing The Crow, they were going to maybe do a female, maybe it's whatever, but um, I would like to see that. You know what I mean? Um, that would have made this movie better. Now, so let's let's talk about this. You mentioned Edward Furlong before we uh, really got deep into this movie here. Um, I was under the impression and it, that he was horribly miscast. Now, Terminator 2 is is probably my 1A or 1B favorite movie, Crow being 1, Terminator 2, 1A, depending what you, know, what you want to say about it. Um, but he was like, for a movie that required fighting, he was, and I'm trying not to make fun of anything, like physical, because he was deep into alcohol problems at the time that he was in this movie. 
And there was there were definitely a lot of problems that hopefully he is going to get past. Um, but I honestly really thought that just based on appearance and general... Uh, try, first of all, trying to hook him up with Emmanuel Treaky, it would mm-hmm. never, ever happen. <laughs> Uh, like, there, like there's, I could see those two together, and it'd be like the when I saw them together, I was like, okay, that's his like sister, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like there was even in real life, if they met each other at a party, they would have been, she would be like, yeah, I'm not gonna talk. To yeah, you. or maybe there's something deep within inside because beauty fades, looks are only with you for so long, so it's about the person on the inside, right? Okay, well, look. Let's look at pictures of both of them now. She still looks great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. and Jimmy has been sending me pictures of Edward Furlong for yeah, for a couple of days now. Number one, we're talking about their real lives versus the characters they play. Yeah, number two, yeah. again, um, how many times in life, in real life, do we be like that? That dude's with that girl, yuck, or that girl's with that guy, yuck. And it's not from a, it's it's usually not from the, a look standpoint, but it's almost. It's usually the girl guy one. Sure, yeah. but still, I mean, you know, I, I use my own car. My car has a paint defect where the Florida sun has destroyed it. However, inside and under the hood, it's gorgeous, right? So you're judging, you, you can't judge a book by the cover, right? So if anything, we should give props to Emmanuel Chikri for not judging Edward Furlong's, in my opinion, ugly ass um, and finding something deep with inside that made him um, lovable. You know what I mean? He's not offended the movie three times. <laughs> My my biggest problem with uh, with the casting or, or the miscasting that I think is um, watching this and seeing those two next to each other. I felt that David Bo- I'm saying it wrong every time. I I keep wanting to say David Boreanaz, but David Boreanaz. Um, I feel like he should have been the crow, and that Edward Furlong should have been what was a big spoiler. Uh, who was trying to be Satan? Um, I think Edward. I wrote. I wrote that down as well. Oh, did you? I I thought the the dark and brooding thing that worked better for the villain would have been probably accomplished better by Furlong. Borians was generally. I don't. I don't hate that idea. Honestly, I don't hate that idea. I. I think that might have improved the movie a little bit had David Borians been cast as the crow and Furlong been cast as the villain. That might have added a. That might have been a little bit better casting. But like I said, I mean, I don't really have an issue with Edward Furlong. I. I don't have an issue that the crow isn't some martial artist who knows how to kick everybody's ass. I do have an issue with the one scene where it looked like they catapulted Edward Furlong through the air and he just kind of turned head uh, ass over head. The wire effect was hot garbage. What's that? The wire effects were hot garbage. Right. Garbage. So let's garbage. Anyway, I, I agree. I, I agree. Let's let's definitely take a dump on the special effects team for sure. Because I think they're the ones that should be getting the heat versus um is this the special effects team and you know greg you mentioned a moment ago about like the fight scenes and stuff you know how many actors in superhero movies or any movie where there's a fight scene they've probably never been in a fist fight in their life but they go through rigorous training to learn um how to do it so let's blame we'll, we'll go 50 50 blame we'll go 50 50 on the production for not doing better job and then 50 50 for the for the actors for not taking it serious enough 
where their training was deep enough. Perhaps maybe they did and they thought it was good. And obviously that was not the case, but, and then to, well, like the, the opening fight scene, like every time someone gets hit, they, they, they it does the same like flip. <laughs> like they, no one's well, going to hit that hard. They just flip it's them like over. Power Rangers, they, so. And it, in the opening fight scene, you could tell that nobody actually got hit. I was like, okay, he didn't hit him. Why did he fall down? I don't what what just yeah, happened. Once there? again, I say let's take a big dump on the uh, production team and the FX <laughs> team. But um, to piggy to go back to your comment, Rob, um, I'm open to that suggestion too of Boreans being the crow and Furlong being the the heel because. You know, and I think that would touch on Greg's point, you know, because that was more of an aesthetic comment, right? So aesthetically, sure, Boreans and Chikri might be more um, visually appealing slash make more sense. And the fact that um, uh, the heels entourage were all jacked up goons, it would be it would make yeah. sense where it's like you go through all the jack goons to, just to get to the little shit eating heel. You know what I mean? So that would probably be right. a, an interesting um well switch and it, and if you combine it with the fact that quite honestly i think edward furlong does the dark brooding far better than david boreans does i mean i mean i realize that david boreans played angel and he's he's got some experience doing that but it, as far as the look goes edward furlong had that look for that role and david boreans had the look for the crow and i i think they just i think they just miscast those two i'm wondering if there was some sort of switch that happened i'll uh maybe that was the swerve you were (laughs) maybe that was the swerve go ahead jimmy as far as um acting chops are are concerned or or different acting styles as well there's the um there's a scene where um i don't know let's just call him henry whatever he is before he's fake devil uh, David Borean's character where he approaches the, the church steps. He's standing at the bottom of the steps. He looks up and he kind of takes his uh, his jumper down a little bit. I felt more emotion in that scene than I felt out of any other character in the film. I remember, I, I vaguely remember that too, thinking that he... It's very... I, it's so funny because I haven't seen this in forever, but obviously the memories stick with me. But I do remember thinking to myself, he was the only one that I was actually emotionally attached to in even the that, slightest that, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Good and, point. And they, I mean, just editing wise, I, I think, you know, you're talking about, you know, how seriously maybe they took their training if they had any at all. There's a, a responsibility there as well in the, mm-hmm. the production team to, assign that training right. and to assign right people to them that's it, this done. yeah that's why i said 50 yeah. that's why i said 50 50 yeah. you know so, so to they do these kind of things where they they try and you know turn the camera a certain way when to to show that yeah that foot is not making contact with that face but they also do this awful thing on top of that where they do that weird awful slow motion yes and it's just disorienting mm. and made me feel a little nauseous so so from from that standpoint as well it was just like god you're just compounding the suck yep I re- and and just real quick that mm-hmm. the director liked because if you remember the beginning of six gun samurai where everything was like in blurry fisheye vision like this movie started off with weird camera effects too and then yeah. did it on every fight scene and it's like is that the guy's shtick like i'm going to hide my crappiness by putting it right in front of you with more camera effects. 
Yeah. And every time it happened, I'm like, this is pulling the energy from the fight scene. Yeah, it's it's whatever was afforded to you at that time. Uh, the first, I, I by no means am comparing this to uh, the, the wonderful glory that is Pacific Rim. But there's a reason in Pacific Rim why a lot of those big, huge fight scenes were at night in the rain. Because they didn't have the budget for it. It's a great point. <laughs> so it was also, I, I don't know, maybe to get some of these big stars to who who were big stars at the time, David Boreans, uh, Tara Reed, Tito Ortiz was making probably hundreds of thousands of dollars per fight at that point. Um, Dennis Hopper, you got right, he was a few years removed from speed. Well, yeah. actually, it's about ten years removed from speed. But and they and I gotta say that. Hefty amount of that paycheck. I got to say that while we were talking about the miscasting of David Boreans and and Edward Furlong, David Boreans, there were, to your house. There were two, two casting decisions that were far worse than those. And I got to talk about number one, Terry Reed. To, no, oh. no, the first one that completely took me out of the movie was Dennis Hopper. Why? Okay. He was absolutely horrendous. Quite as the as end of the, movie the to take you out of it. What's that? He was quite at the end of the movie to take you. Well, but he was he was the glaring one. Yeah, I th- yeah, I, well, real like, quick, I think he was I think I did was, a little bit of oh, I sorry. think and I know what you're talking about. I feel like either that character should have been portrayed by a younger kind of hipper guy. Yes. Or, or they should have, or he, yeah, either a younger hipper guy or sure. Change the dialogue. Um, or he just showed up to collect a paycheck like that. Shit's Creek episode. Yeah. Well, and didn't take- I did a little bit of uh, research on this one. Because you guys are both right, um, that that role was clearly written for a black dude. Not yeah. my not my opinion, fact. <laughs> and they never changed any of the dialogue. So there are certain things like when he says "shorty," that no one that was sixty, no one that's sixty five years old is that lives in the middle of the desert is going to. I, okay, I can't pull off that. Every time he delivered the line "shorty," I was like, oh. Oh, I I don't know who it was written for, but it was not written for him. I I would agree that such an older grandpa person, I don't think that's believable for. I don't think, I don't think, um, just to piggyback, I don't think color matters per se, but I do think there's a certain swagger that, Mm -hmm. a certain swagger that comes with a youthful persona to go along with that particular dialogue, unless it's somebody that you just grew up with, right? Let's say it's, let's say you've known Dennis Hopper your entire life and that's how he always talks. And you've just known that since he's 20 and he's never changed his verbiage. Okay, cool. But this is a movie that's going yeah. to a wide array of hundreds that are, that don't know him. So I agree. Either it should have been a, a youth, a more youthful person with some swag and, and he has plenty of Christmas. So I don't want to say that, but with some more swag, or right. change the dialogue a little. I get where they were trying and, to go with it. Like, 
I mean, you could pull it off if you're like Gary Oldman and well, True Romance. And, and and to be to be honest, I mean, it's all about the delivery right. because the the difference between Shoddy and Shorty, right. which is, I mean, he was enunciating the shit out of everything, right. and I'm like, dude, what? That, that's stop. That, you're you're embarrassing yourself right I, now. Cut I it out. I remember thinking to myself that actually, and I also think that's where. Um, maybe my comment of maybe he just showed up to goof around and collect a payday. You know, sometimes in wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes in wrestling, people don't want to do this or that. So they just go in the ring and just fuck around and you can tell they're just goofing off and they don't give a shit. Right. So maybe he was just there for the paycheck and was just get me in and out as fast as possible, but all valid points uh, there, Rob. So and I, I want, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Who's the, the other sec- one? The second one is you're wrong the movie revolved around native american <laughs> um um like religion More. or or More. um theology or whatever and i swear to god there wasn't one native american in the movie i'm like these are all mexican Amer- what that's danny trent that's not Pocahontas. That's Selena Gomez. What are you doing? Cut it out. I know. Mm. Come on. It's funny that Rob was on the that one American that, yeah. Indian in this movie. Well, he did touch on the yeah. fact that, um, you know, Danny Trejo is, you know, supposed to portray a Native American, but was speaking Spanish. So, you know, he was, was covered in Spanish tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lady <laughs> sombrero on his chest. <laughs> Well, it's weird that they went with Aztecs, too, when there's yeah. an actual Indian tribe called the Crow. <sighs> Just Now, real quick, uh, we mentioned the satanic cult aspect, and I thought it was ridiculous that, first of all, they referred to them as a satanic cult, which I'm not sure if satanic cults actually do. Um, we're a satanic cult. But the other thing was, is the right. fact that when what, they got what, together... Does, does the cult acknowledge them? I feel like... Now, listen, I'm not in a cult. I don't have any cult affiliation. I think they would just say we're Satanists. I, I feel like a cult denies that they're a cult because they don't truly believe they are, right? Because cults are, are heels, yeah. right? No one says, yeah, I'm a heel. So yeah. I feel like a true cult. Yeah, they'll, they'll say they're Satanists. I feel, yeah, I feel like a true cult would never acknowledge it and would do anything to refute mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But when but when they get together to have a party, what they do do is they serve um, – they eat deviled eggs and devil's food cake. With peyote, with peyote, yeah, because they're they're in a cult. So let's eat deviled eggs, right. and let's eat uh, you know, devil's food cake, El Flambe. Just, by the just way. keep pushing that devil aspect. Yeah, which I thought was that was like really, it's like is there yeah. someone? Is there like a devil house mom? Like, well, me, my- <laughs> I made you my grandmother's deviled eggs recipe, boys. Have fun. I, I I wrote in my initial thoughts that, it, that that this movie was like an emo high schooler decided to write a movie about all the evil, cool, supernatural bullshit they'd ever heard of and throw it all in one movie because it'd be sweet. Yeah. By the way, I did read the this comic and it's not this. But it's it's a different. It's a you different read story. Wicked Prayer. I've read them all. Well, up until you know I went to college and didn't get a chance to buy them anymore. But I'm sure I have them in a box somewhere. So if I find them. You'll, you'll get a chance to see oh, them. Oh, see them, yeah. I don't need them, but I, I I would take a look at them. No, no. Yeah. You can read them. Um, the Let's see. So we talked about the director. We talked about the links to the other crow. Let, well, let's talk a little more about the Satan cult. When they, you guys mentioned this briefly, like that some of the characters 
are supposed to be based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Which is a cool idea. That is a cool idea, except for the way they announce it. They don't let it be subtle. They actually put it on screen in giant, like, crappy font. And all of them have jobs. And label their cars. And all of them have jobs. This car. Yeah. All of them have jobs that kind of fit what they do. And, like, I would have much rather that have been subtle. Be like, oh, this figure out that that guy's pestilence because he works at chemicals. I thought. The one that who was the the one that was like a government dossier file. Yeah, like the one that was what? Um, like the eighteen. It's, not, used it's to not hunger. It's the one that was like. Is it hunger? Is that the other one? I no, forget famine. the famine. That's what his famine works at. A, like a restaurant. Like really. Uh, this also goes along with two subplots that really do nothing. Um, the like the the casino subplot really doesn't mean much, and like uh, and a whole like poisoning the ground kind of thing doesn't really go anywhere. No. Uh, it does go a little further than I guess the, so what, what was this Jimmy? You said that he wanted to become Satan. I think he is doing stuff. You said yep. he wanted to become Satan. Um, yep. And do this like crazy cult thing. And that's why he the crow the, got killed. Well, David Boreans was death. And uh, on his um, identity card, his uh, his job was satanic cult leader. Wait, uh, is that for real? Yes. Yeah, yeah the dossier, this little like pop up thing, said death, satanic cult leader, uh, motivation, father murdered by Indian, and his uh, mm. his goal was to raise hell literally. <laughs> yeah. So it was so, like a so it was like one of those old school. Yeah. It was, like, it was like Zombie Land, but it forgot that it was supposed to be a tongue in cheek. He was yeah. more like yeah. right. I don't, I don't remember that, was, but it, it, I guess it's starting to sound familiar as you say that. Yeah, every time they introduced one of them, it it popped up, and it was like war, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. And for Tito Ortiz, he was famine, and it popped up, and he comes out, and he was a fry cook, um, which <laughs> is not believable. And for some reason, CJ, you you're familiar with? I don't. I'm not too sure if these guys will know. They, for some reason, did the Wolfpack sign to each other. I feel like I remember that, too. All these, and, all and these this, little tiny things are, like, coming back to me. Yeah. This wasn't that far removed from the Wolfpack and NWO. And I, I just I thought it was so odd. And it didn't make sense with anything else in the film. Uh, this, this film that very clearly had an identity crisis. Well, they, all, all cults need a hand symbol, right? Do they have to take it from the wolf pack, though? <laughs> I hold that sacred. If anything, if anything, they could have just gone straight with the four horsemen, right? I mean, yeah, just rip I didn't it all the see, way off. You know, I didn't see uh, <laughs> my cult. See any? Uh, oh, gross, Greg. Uh, I didn't see. <laughs> any of but, uh, yeah, um, man, just uh. They- the the cult attack, of course, is to you know to start this whole thing going. They yeah. they attack uh, Eddie Furlong's character, who's oh, what is his name? Is uh, like Steve Cuervo, Cuervo, or yeah, Jimmy Cuervo, Cuervo Crow. Also, and they terrible. just start Gi- calling him Jimmy. However, Crow. Oh, oh, here comes. I think this is gonna be the fourth time I defend. Also, to be fair, the dude's name was Eric Draven. Draven, true, true. come on, man. D-Raven. Mm. 
Come on. Well, which again, again, take the first movie, make the checklist. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, crow related name. They attack him at the the little store that she works at when he's going to pick her up on a date, which was actually you know the the date idea was sweet and. It, he was yeah, going to propose. I thought that was kind of cool. A flower on the way or something. Did he, he pick? No, he brought he, he brought a bouquet of roses. He brought yeah. them. He had them, and then when he gets to her, a couple of miles down the road, they're completely wilted. Well, because they fell into the dirt when the when the cops swerved in front of him. I want to know, did you guys notice that the pool of blood at the bottom of her feet after they hung her and gouged her eye out was in the shape of, shape a, heart? of a heart? Yeah, that was actually kind of yeah. cool. That, that might have been the one thing that I was like, okay. Yeah. That was That's, You pleasant. know, I, I think I'm just just as the natural devil's advocate father that I am, uh, have inadvertently defended this movie quite a few times and add that to the list of defenses and probably the only thing in the category of they got right for symbolism and such. So, um, you know, after, after 44 minutes, I think the main faults of this aren't, I think the main faults are production, not giving a shit. The actors just being there for a payday. I think we wrote, I I think we wrote off casting except for possibly, you know, Furlong and Borean's being switched. Um, I mean, this would be a uh, well, if the action scenes were good, this would have been a significantly better money movie with that switch. I'm just... um, under, understanding the source material, I think, rather than copying the source material. Yeah, but I mean, like, would be a, would be a big even start. that hard thing. Even that hard thing they got like so right. You know, the the their own adaptation of doing it during the daylight is a great idea. So maybe you're right. Maybe if they just dropped the checklist and just made a movie instead of trying to make a copy instead i feel like maybe if they just made a movie instead of trying to make a copy with their own little signature and just really made it their own you know what i mean it's like um i guess it's almost like on american idol where it's like you can either sing just like fucking maroon five or you can take a maroon five song and make it completely your own for example you know what i mean sing it like bb king (laughs) sure or just make it your own. Yeah. I I wonder huh, this is I'm gonna make a weird connection, but I wonder if this film from the very onset <laughs> Sorry, Kenneth. I remember I, I wonder if this film from the very onset, if all the actors and everybody coming into this knew that they were doing the pro for wicked prayer and this film didn't have like an operating title title. Like if it was just called Dead Man's Revenge. Right. Blackbird. It it would have been a better movie until they said, oh, hey, guess what? It's a crow movie. You know? So. Tricked them. Yeah. Yeah. I. They. It it had, it had a lot of opportunity. Maybe, maybe. Two things, boom! We can get the crow name on here, and now we'll reach a whole new aura of, uh, or not a whole aura, a whole new broad range of an audience. You know what I mean? Like, it probably was ninety-eight percent supposed to be a different movie, and they're like, "Wait, wait, let's just throw face paint on him and get a couple scenes of a bird, and boom! Now it's a crow movie." Yeah, you, you know what this this movie lacked? 
um, so much from what I remember about well, what I remember about the first one, and even the the second one to some degree was the giant burning shapes of crows, which I thought was badass. That's one of those things that should have been on. That's that's a checklist thing that didn't make the checklist. They could they could have just as easily done it during the day in the sand with gasoline. Sure. Well, they had a couple of them. They didn't have enough. <laughs> they were they were they were they were, they were, they were, they were medium sized. They were like they were there. thin, little tiny, like not blah, you know things that that I remember. And the industrial metal soundtrack was just compl- well. There was there was one around the entire body of a. Um, it was big enough to in to encase the body of a, one of his victims. It was dinky looking. Well, let's go to the soundtrack real quick since you mentioned that there wasn't. That that's the thing. Like, I, so I went back and I mean, the soundtrack I listen to all the time. But I want to write the the name. The first one or the fourth like, one? I listen to the first one and the second one oh. all the time. So the first and second soundtracks, you were pulling names like Nine Inch Nails, yep. Courtney Love, Rage Against the Machine, The Cure, who doesn't the only Cure song I actually like is on that first sound one, first soundtrack. Violet Femmes, Hole, Filter, Bush, White Zombie. So it got a little more poppy in the second one. This one. Every single song was the Gunslingers featuring Lance Mungia, the actual director. Mm. So it was almost like he. Oh my god! So he was like, "It's." I feel him. I'm he's gonna have like, my band do yeah, it. I, I know. Yep. You, I know. You said you know he came out of retirement, but it's it's almost making it sound like when you aren't good enough to be in like a wrestling promotion, so you create your own wrestling promotion and make yourself the champion. <laughs> Yeah. He probably wanted he, he like bought he the probably rights. wanted to be involved in a crow movie, couldn't, and was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna make my own. I guarantee you that on the the cutting room floor, perhaps on the DVD of this, that there is a deleted scene with his fucking band. Uh, but you, yeah. So you didn't see uh, Six String Samurai. There, Six String Samurai. There was like these extended music it's on youtube for free if you want to if you hate yourself uh cj <laughs> um, i don't recommend it yeah but like there's these extended music sequences with this like band that he must have just been like a fan of it's like ah okay so let's uh so the music also struck sucked so much that jimmy's stepping away from the room um the I want to talk about the church attack because in my mind, the church attack was kind of a reversal of the club attack. You mean the church where they had a club? Yeah, yeah. Where they had a strip club? Kind of a reversal. Well, no, the where the wedding was going on. It was like a reversal oh, okay. of the, the club attack in the first Crow, which is one of my favorite action sequences of all time. Um, And it was just like, like they did this thing with like, and all these innocent people were getting killed, which was of course awful. I think there was like a forty-six person kill count in this movie, and then like uh, Eddie Furlong, Edward Furlong's character, ends up like under a giant cloth. <laughs> and, like, it was just such a weird sequence that was like, and it was like playing guns with your friends and realizing that like there's no way this would actually be possible in real life. <laughs> that makes sense. Um. So let's see. The enchantment under the sea dance or whatever. Mm. Yeah. 
the the rave in was it was the second one called the enchantment under the sea one even I, yeah I, I i see you you are no back to the future even uh even tara reed from what i remember seemed un- uninspired in in the movie yeah, she's and, still like she was still playing Tara Reid. Like she could. And I'll admit, I'm one of those dark. guys who loved Tara Reid. Sure, I loved her too, but I thought she was cute as hell. But she just seemed uninterested. Yeah. If you yeah. look at her, I looked her up to see what she's doing now. She's like got like thirty movies in production, so she, I'm not sure what what they are. But I'm, I think she's now on the uh, the like Hallmark movie. Uh, uh, she's she's doing fine, man. The the one part in a. Uh, if, if I could pick one flaw in her acting prowess in in this film, it was the the prayer uh, when she's about to meet her maker. She starts praying in the car. I was like, yeah, she doesn't care. Yeah. Can we talk about the, the makeup already? Oh, yeah. Yeah, bring it on. Be, be okay. angry. Was... Well, I'm going to be angry but quiet because my kid is uh, hasn't come out of the room, so he should be sleeping. It, it was only about an hour or so past his bedtime. For those of you li- just listening to this and not seeing this, as he is doing this, there's a cat perched next to his uh, his arm. Yeah, a little shithead. Um, <laughs> if anybody, if, so, sorry. If anybody you, wants him, you can have him. Um, okay. Humor me. Manuel Chikri, the love interest in the movie. The love interest who has this unbreakable love with Jimmy mm-hmm. Cuervo, a love yep. that is so pure and so strong that because of the um, gruesome way that it is brought to an end, a crow carries Cuervo's spirit from the land of the dead back to the land of the living so that he can right the wrongs. Their love is so pure, right? She's a Native American. Right, we've covered this. They had flashbacks of her in her Native American getup and the face paint and the headdresses, and they have a scene where she puts makeup and a headdress on Cuervo. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the checklist items is how does how do you get your makeup? Where's the symbolism? I really wish my kid was awake or that. He was with his mother just so I can scream this at the top of my lungs. <laughs> he got his makeup with a goddamn mother fucking Sharpie marker. One of the most <laughs> one of the most important elements, in my opinion, not that I get paid for my opinions, is how do you acquire the face paint? In Crow Two, mm-hmm. it was the it was the guy's yeah. son's paints, right? In Crow One, it was Shelley's little makeup station with a mask that they had a flashback that she, you know, playfully uh, played with Draven, right? Your girl is a Native American. They show you in Native American face paint and headdresses. Why? Who fucked this up? Why in the world <laughs> would you not have Cuervo or Edward Furlong acquire his coveted face paint using the Native American face paint that Emmanuel Chikri painted on him earlier? You used a yeah. Sharpie 
marker. You used a marker that you can get at the dollar store, two for a dollar, when your girl is a Native American that takes pride and their culture is, you know, the face paint and the headdresses, and you have a Sharpie marker. Why in God's fucking name did they not use her makeup? Well, I mean, we already established that they couldn't even be bothered to put any Native Americans actually in the nope, friggin' don't movie. Care. They had makeup. <laughs> they had the makeup. They had the headdresses. Cross lovers. They are the pure love. They are the ones that this movie is about. Their love is so pure that when it's torn apart, the crow, there'd be no movie if their love wasn't so pure. And yet... The face paint was acquired by a Sharpie mm-hmm. marker. I still don't hear the end of this from my friends to this day that know how much of a Crow fan I am. They'll be like, oh, remember that time that your boy got his face paint from a Sharpie marker? Like, it just, I, you know, we can we can talk all day long about everything they got right and wrong. And the biggest miss is how... When your girl is a Native American, do you not use her face paints? The only remote devil's advocate I can play is, oh, well, they already did face paint from the girl in the first one. That is one time you are allowed to repeat what you did. Yeah. Like, (laughs) if anything, the Native American makeup is so much more special and prized than the stage makeup from the first one. And it's and it's odd that they went through this whole movie using that checklist, like Greg was talking about, and they failed to check off this box. Such an important. Forget the burning crows and the crow images. That is one of the, in my opinion, one of the most important elements. Uh, it almost makes the term checklist sound bad at this point, but that is one of the most important elements. Like like my like that checklist is obviously more of um, a humorous checklist, but a real checklist I think would be: Are the two main characters in love or is how do you create the crow how do you make them what is so special about the 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 loss that the that the crow character holds to their heart right again when you're wearing your son's face paint that's huge right when you're or, or paints rather you know, when you're wearing your girl's, yeah, just, ah, that just, that was the number one thing when Greg was like, you want to do this? I'm like, fuck yeah, I just want to shit all over. Uh, I just don't, uh, that actually made me sound real negative, but I just, I'll never understand. I would love to ask the director, what was the motivation? It's just a huge, you know, you, you, you go, you, you go to comic conventions, right? And you get to ask the, the, your favorite character, some of the most burning questions. Well, my burning question would be, why did you choose a Sharpie marker over the Native American face paint that he was shown wearing? Like that was almost a scene deliberately copied from the first one. And I'm okay with that. I 
Got to cut in here real quick because um, if we hit one hour on one recording, it tends to screw oh. up the audio. So I'm going to stop it. Real, I'm going to stop it real quick and then restart right away. So don't. It, when I stop, it's going to upload the recordings and then we'll restart it. This now this movie throughout the whole thing, I was like, oi, 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 oi. and then it got really ridiculous at the end. And there were two moments that I kind of don't know how they would ask these, some of these actors to do it. And as I mentioned, they they figured out that if they hurt the crow, they can hurt the person that is the crow. And at the end, there's this epic battle between Satan and uh, Eddie Furlong, at Cuervo, and he's weakened. So they try to bring back the crow by doing a uh, Native American crow dance where they made... Uh, to, the, to the dude who took his makeup wearing a goddamn Sharpie. Right. Exactly. Got you. With, uh, and they had, uh, uh, what's his face? It was, uh, not him. I see mean names. Uh, can, I, can I just, before you get too far into that... Um where I thought that they were going to go and that they were going to get this makeup from when, uh, when, uh, death told his cronies to, uh, get rid of the bodies to burn them. I thought that was a very good opportunity. And this might sound a little morbid to go all God of war. I thought that the, uh, I thought that the ashen face and the look were going to come from her ashes. Wow. Sure. But they, yep. But they lit a refrigerator on fire. And and you know what? That is that would have been cool too. And it would have been different and unique. And something we haven't talked about it really at all is the way the crow in the third movie got his makeup or his face paint wasn't even makeup or face paint. His scars were burned onto him from his wrongful. I don't even want to say the word just because my kids sleeping. You know, heaven forbid. But you know, from his from his passing. His scars were burned on him. Do you guys remember that? Have you seen the, the third one? Mm-mm. I have. So, was that so the one with like the corporate corporate espionage kind of thing? Yes. So, okay, so I have seen it. Yeah. So the third one, in short, star-crossed lovers, if I'm not mistaken, so I probably am. So no one fucking tweet me and chew me out. I don't want to hear it. Um, this is a 20-year memory here. So as DX would say, suck it. But anywho. <laughs> um, from like what your I light turned green when that happened, Jimmy. From... From what I remember, basically, um, the girl, dad, cop, high up there, crooked, yada, yada, yada. The the cop friends take out the boyfriend, a.k.a. the crow. Uh, when I say take out, I mean they wrongfully accuse him, yada, yada, yada. And he is wrongfully um, executed. He's given the uh, the death sentence, right? I'm sorry, I'm boring you, Rob. Jeez. Um, no, I'm 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 listening. The uh, he, he's given the electric chair, right? So they turn the switch, they fry him, right? So once the crow brings him back to life, I believe it's out of a body bag, if I'm not mistaken, or just straight from the chair. I don't know, but he ends up in front of a mirror, looking at his burned face from the electric chair, and as he peels away his burnt flesh, that is how the i want to say face paint but that's not even correct that's how the the image or the crow whatever that's how that's how the lines in the makeup for lack of better term right now appears mm-hmm. i could be wrong here but i think the the when when he gets electrocuted they put um a helmet over his head instead of just like the little metal thing from like old movies that electrocutes him i don't, I don't even know how they do it these days if they still do but 
they put a full-on helmet over his head. And if I'm not mistaken, in, in the helmet already was kind of like the lines drawn, if you will, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, the point is ripping the burned flesh off was how he acquired his face paint. So that is different and unique. So even if they did like an ashes thing, as you would say, that would be way better than a goddamn Sharpie fucking marker. Yeah. And I, we, we got we, we to gotta do this because I have got to talk about Danny Trejo. That was the name I was trying to find. And his ridiculous like rain dance to bring the crow back to life. And when I was looking for information about this movie, the first thing I saw was that there was going to be a rain dance to bring the crow back to life. And I'm like, this is going to be awful or it's going to be great. Awful. And it was awful. It was awful. And I was like, like, how do you tell that man that has done, you know, lived two major different types of lives and done great things later in his life? Why don't you dance around this dead plastic bird? <laughs> it was just, oh, God, it was so hard to watch. And uh, I think you tell him just like you give any other actor instruction. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at least you he took off his shirt. That's how we knew about the, the, the Mexican tattoo. You know, like, this certainly isn't on purpose, but uh, you know, at least he tried. It so, many, and, yeah. so, so many people didn't even give a try. They were just there for shits and giggles. And what's bad is I feel like the fact that he tried almost made it worse, if you will, if that makes it almost made it more humorous to see someone trying so hard, if that even makes any fucked up sense. Because, well, and, and you're right, because I really feel like Danny Trejo was one of the few people who actually showed up and did exactly what the director told him to and do. He felt the emotion of his daughter dying. Right. Like he was the one character that got sucked into into the role and was probably one of the few bright spots of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that like our reaction is to laugh at it because of how terrible the rest of the was. So, you know, gift and a curse. We're giving him his proper kudos and we thank him for actually giving a fuck when nobody else did. But in turn when you're the one serious person in a room full of clowns, now you're the clown. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And the other scene I want to talk about would be the sex in the graveyard scene to finally seal the deal to become Satan with (laughs) David Borean's unforgettable line of I need sex, baby and fast. Yep. Right. And yeah, they go in there and he's apparently sexing. I'll do you with little finger bunnies like doing, this sex. Uh, doing the sex in a graveyard. And then he like stops and just kind of looks up <laughs> like, oh, there's the crow. There's it's the a... crow. Sorry, baby. I got to go. Yep. Ah, I made it rhyme. I think that's actually what he said, isn't it? Again. <laughs> no room. No more rhyming. It's not that kind of show. Yeah, it was just, it was such an awful, awful, like, the kills were terrible, the the writing was terrible, it was just... Yeah, you know who is another? Sorry, it's way past my bedtime. You know who was another bright spot of the movie? I thought, Tito Ortiz. I thought he did a good job. He, he did much better than I would have thought. That... Uh, well, I mean... He didn't do much. 
Now, if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're looking at it in the same scale that I said, we have to judge uh, Edward Furlong by as just a neutral dude, maybe he didn't do so well. But if we are using the opposite and using the past credentials, well, he's got no acting experience and he's just a fighter. So he did kind of well. Well, I mean, in all honesty, I felt that that it actually came through that he was a fighter with no acting experience. I mean, yeah. in, in the way that he was delivering his lines, I was like, eh, all right. He's an MMA I, fighter. He's see, not. I felt, I felt like, okay, this guy wants to beat me up. I get it. This guy's a thug. I get it. Well, yeah, but no, he, he, had, he had other lines where he actually had to like say something and talk and he looked up and he was supposed to have this concerned look on his face. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I no, no, I don't. All right. Mm. Eh, he's an MMA fighter. I'll let him know. I have to disagree with you there. I think I know the part you're talking about where he looks up and he sees a crow and he's like, oh, shit. And he kind of expresses that a little bit. Yeah, I thought he did pretty well. I, I, I think the way, you know, DVDs, this just shows all of our ages. I think the way DVDs have like the watch the movie with director commentary, I feel like the B-side Wait, is this A or B side, Greg? This is side B. Yep. B. Side well, fuck us. So I think we should do a first ever C side on this triangular tape because <laughs> um, we should do a watch party where the three hosts and one jack off uh, comment on the movie as it's playing and, and live and stuff. That would probably be a thing nobody wants to see, but would be fun to do. I could try to figure something out. We'll I've to... talked about that. They've shot it down. Well, there, there are. We'd have to be careful about how we play the movie. Like, we can just play it. It's it's if it go if there's copyright like streaming issues, we'd have to figure that out. Well, we can just. I, we'll see what I can. Find Lance. We can just watch. You're trying to what? I'll try and find Lance himself. See what he's up to these days. But, but yeah, in the, all the honesty, director. who would really defend this and claim it was theirs? Yeah. So, yeah, so, are you coming into a court of law and saying that you made this movie? Well, maybe, no, but if I did, <laughs> I'd maybe, be angry at this. Maybe maybe Lance is doing cameos and we can book him for a 90-minute cameo to do DVD commentary. So maybe we should just see if there's DVD commentary already on the DVD. In I'm fact, looking that up right now, actually. I'm upstairs. Hang on a second. I got my bookshelf here. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to find out right now if there's actual direct commentary yeah. to this. And Crow do, we would. I'd very much enjoy to hear what the director has to say through this movie. I've never watched the director commentary version of Crow Wicked. But this one, Prayer. this one, I would. DVD. I, I really got to be. Oh, be in your own mouth. Um, I don't think there is. Oh, he has it on. Does he have it on a thing? It has a zero percent tomato meter review. That's about right. I write. I write down the time, by the way, for this. Like, well, I listen to the whole shit anyway, so it's fine. And I can edit that out. For the most, yeah, it's gonna take me a really long fucking time. But Lance Mungia, that um, he's working on a movie right now. 
Third Eye Spies. Wonderful. I can't wait for it. Yes, um, no, maybe. So the DVD says featured commentaries, but it doesn't specify with who. Well, that's got to be it's the director if he was going to put his own band. So I'm. <laughs> it is a, a black cardboard rack that's in the front of the thing. That's what I recognized. But anyway, Rob had to step away to pee. Uh, do we have I anything had, else? He, he had to shit himself because David Borens was coming to get He's him. probably there. He was looking at Rob and was like, hey, baby, I need sex. And Rob was like, no. He's standing at the at the bottom of the stairs right now, pulling off his jumper. Swear to God, if Rob comes back in a Sharpie marker, if Rob comes back with a Sharpie <laughs> marker on his face, I will never come on the show again. I, I, I legitimately thought. I was like, okay, this is how he gets his appearance. And I was like, oh, shit, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Or maybe I, um, like a crow could have attacked him and like clawed right down his eyes but yeah sorry i won't beat that dead horse anymore yeah so so I, real uh, quick as as oh, we're sorry. waiting on rob to come back here before we get into the the final questions that we all ask i just want to talk about the history of this movie like what was going on literally nothing good or bad happened on this day when this movie came out we usually talk about like stuff that happened that week mm-hmm. historically like i couldn't find anything <laughs> but the but i the number one it's song cool. was hollaback girl oh my least favorite song of Man. all time. Ain't uh, no hollaback girl. Yeah. Ain't no hollaback girl. song. Yeah. Uh, number one movie was Madagascar. But oh. the other, but it was soon to get knocked out because that same week, Star Wars Episode Three came out. Great. So uh, it's just shit after shit after shit. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire came out, War of the Worlds. And, and the number one rock song was The Hand That Feeds by Nine Inch Nails. Okay. That's good. That's good There's track. that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I did while you were gone. Rob, I did the, the history, and there really wasn't any. But um, so I guess the the real question is, and I found, I saw this other quote that I thought was really really um. Hang on, time out. One of the other features on the DVD was besides feature commentary said uh, the making of <laughs> and storyboard and storyboards. Yeah. So I feel like I almost want to go watch the making of. You know how like sometimes like you watch the making of and like the actors are so um in, so enthralled in like what they're doing and they like suck you in and like make you believers cuz they believe. I, I lived my see... life as a homeless man in a at a trailer right. to get into this character right. for weeks before we filmed. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I would love to see their behind the scenes and be like this is so important to me and this and this and that. I would just love to I would love to just hear their tones. While Edward they... Furlong is like, to get into character, I pretended I was dating uh, Emmanuel Shriki for five years. And she's like, yeah, um, I had to call my lawyers about that. <laughs> you, know, you know what, though? I could see him saying something like that. I he's actually, him... from what I've heard, he's a really nice dude. I could see him like taking the role very seriously, actually. Who, Edward Furlong? Come... Yeah. He's supposed to be a very nice dude. He uh, uh, some I read some stuff about like he was in another movie with a with a kid and the kid was like nervous and he's like, well, let me show you. And the kid's mom showed um, showed the little kid uh, him in Terminator 2. And he was like, why would she show you that movie? You're too young for that movie. It's like, no, he cut it out. So it was just kind of like a cute little story hmm. where he was like worried about the kid, which that, you know, it's always good Discovered stuff. Discovered at a YMCA for the role. Yeah. So the our usual question that we ask here when we remember to do it. Uh, should there be a remake, a revival now, um, or 
was a remake revival or rest in peace. So of course, remake, remake the main is movie this, or is this the franchise or just this movie? Um, you're bigger than me and can hit people with chairs, so you get to make Usually that call. We do this movie. It would be that movie, like I mean, and they're never going to remake Crow Four, right? Randomly. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. It's like the next Crow movie, should they should they keep going or should they let so it rest? Here's the thing. I would be okay with a Crow Five. I would. I would also be okay with the often rumored but never happened big budget redo of the first one. Every actor and their mother at one point has been attached to like the redo, right? We've seen plenty of movies that I can't think of a one um, be reimagined from the original. So I would be okay with basically the same story, same characters, you know, Eric and Shelley and Top Dollar. I'd be okay with a big blockbuster version of that. And I'd be okay with a Crow 5. I wouldn't be okay if it's straight to DVD because that tells me it could be worse than the fourth. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster. You could make it straight. Worse time to, you, you could make it like a Netflix exclusive. In fact, now that I say that out loud, I actually think Netflix would do a great job with a Crow Five because some of their some of the Netflix's original movies are tremendous. Um, Netflix has done a great job, right? So that's my official vote. My official vote is either make a Crow Five straight to Netflix or make a big blockbuster redo of the first one. I'm not okay with the, I'm not okay with a crow five being a blockbuster. Mm. I feel like that right almost has to be earned because of how bad the the sequels were. Um, But that's my response, either crow five to Netflix or redo. I, and I know at one time Jason Momoa, now I've never seen Aquaman. So I'm just strictly based off of his, uh, his aura and his game of Thrones work. I, I remember when I heard he was attached to the project, I was okay with that. I remember when Ben Affleck was attached to the project. Okay with that. Mark Wahlberg. I was okay with it. Um, I will say Aquaman wasn't bad. Well, I haven't seen it, but I've heard people shit on it. So I just wanted to take that away. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, Netflix for five or um, big blockbuster for one. The only other alternative to a big blockbuster would be a big blockbuster, but with a female lead. Um, but I guess also the female lead could go Crow Five on Netflix either way. So um, I don't want to say I I wouldn't want to see dual crows. I'm telling you that now. I wouldn't want to see like I wouldn't want to see like the man and woman both come back because then I think that defeats the purpose. I'm just trying to cover any possible um scenario that Jimmy is furrowing his brow. What do you think? What would your answer be? And I know what you're saying. Having dual crows, I'm gonna add on to that, and I don't want to see the crow as a camel or something like some weird like <laughs> art house project. Um, I would like to see uh, a, and I saw that pic- Jason Momoa posted this picture like a few years ago of him in crow makeup, oh. and it was. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yes, I'll look that up this right was now. We're googling before, during Aquaman. Um, he was standing with the director who was supposed to be attached to it, but I, I got really excited about that. Now, give me, uh, give me a a redo 
with a director like a Robert Rodriguez who has that very just awesome kind of style. Give me like a Jason Momoa in that role and give me just unearth some of those old school industrial bands. Give me a badass banger of a soundtrack. And uh give me give me a movie that I I would love to see in the theater and IMAX really loud and things blowing up and um that's how I would prefer to see a, a crow redo. Now let me let me ask you this, CJ. Cause I, cause I have a proposition. Wait, I, I'm not propositioning you, but I, I heard you, it. you said, you said you absolutely would not like a dual crow situation, but let me, let me propose, if you will, a mom and dad are with their, with their child and the entire family is wiped out. Time, time out. I'm slightly distracted. Okay. Greg, Greg, yes. you're very, um, knowledgeable no what is what is the what is the crow reborn uh i don't know that's currently back in active development whatever it is it just when i i don't know if you can see this but it comes up it says 2019 yeah according to bloody disgusting I I do believe that is the off. Uh, that is the Jason Momoa on, again, one, on of. again, off again, um, production hell right now. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's that's the one of those kind of unfortunate ones that. Uh, what's the other one like? Bubba Nosferatu. Uh, you know, one of those ones that just kind of just gets kicked around every few months and just nothing's materialized. Unfortunately. Hey, this is completely random. You know who would be a great heel for a crow bad guy? Well, obviously, a heel is a bad guy. You know who would be a great heel, I think, for a crow movie? You? Uh, yes. But also, <laughs> um, Stanley Tucci. Hmm. He's good. He, he plays good evil. He does. And creepy evil. Yeah. And... I feel like he's a the, the the couple things I've seen him in. I feel like he um, wears a, a wide array of hats, you know, from from that colorful character in Hunger Games to the super creepy guy in uh, the Forgotten Bones or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and I think he yeah, wears yeah, lovely bones. Sure, I just think yeah, I think he just wear. I just think he can play any role. And a lot of times where I'm like, who is this? And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even recognize him because of like, you know, makeup and effects and stuff like that. Anyways, so you're, I'm sorry, you're saying about dual crows? Oh, so yeah, Rock was uh, going with the dual crows go. He now has oh. his mouth full. Okay. A mom and a dad are with their kid and the whole family is wiped out. Mm. Dad comes back as a crow and spends most of the movie getting vengeance on like this, this wide organization or whatever. And part or towards like three quarters of the way through the movie or halfway through the movie, dad gets defeated, is unable to continue. Mom shows up as the crow and the two of them join forces and finish wiping out the rest of the of the organization. Where mom was in charge of the organization all along and you have a crow battle. You shut up. Stop ruining my movie. 
like a DVD nobody wants to see. But you know what? I <laughs> I'm with you on that one. You got you got me. The mom shows up just as they're about to, you know, pull the trigger on the bird because of course they figure out that the bird holds the power. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on that one. I like that. That's a scenario that I didn't think of. Um, two parents coming back. That's a good one. There you go. So, so here's, here's what I want for mine. Uh, I'll go fast here. I would I would like I would like said. the crow to come back, but I w- I would like to do- see crows in different time periods of history. So mm. Western crow or a Revolutionary War crow. You know, you get the beheading, and you get that kind of kind of version of the crow maybe i guess wow. he can't be beheaded but i think i would that'd be a cool way to get basically get vigilante justice into interesting times in history at that point though at that point you're talking prequel right in a way so, without having so to uh just never explain it never ever explain it i mean no, I, it, it's based on a native american thing and they've never really done the native american like trail of tears kind of stuff right with so, an actual native american cast Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with, I'm with a prequel. Okay. Let's make this happen. This, you know, this bird, you know, the let, you know, announce it, you know, the legend of this bird can carry any soul, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, you got some guy that just believes it and the whole village is laughing at him. Right. And they're like, ha ha, silly, you know, and like um, burn him at the stake or something. And obviously they're, they have to eat their, they have to eat their own crow. Ha ha ha. Oh. Um, yeah, man, I'm with it. I'm good with a prequel, you know. Nice. So we we do have to close this out now. I uh, I, I want, of course, to be able to advertise you. So are you still you still got matches going? Yeah, I mean, obviously the virus has slowed everything down. I was just thinking to myself, I've done less than ten matches in thirteen months or something like that because um, I think I had a few matches prior to everything being shut down this time last year. And then once everything got shut down, that was it. I think I had a match in June. I mean, just so sporadic, you know, and even I like, I mean, wrestling is great and I love it. Right. But I I love my kid way more and I would just be gutted. Yes. I know kids aren't affected that much, blah, 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 blah. But well, fuck me. I don't, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the statistic that proves otherwise. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, in terms of a pandemic, we're still kind of in, in an infancy, if you will. I mean, everything got shut down really almost a year ago. So um, without turning without turning this political, to not wrestle for a little bit is not the end of the world, you know. Um, I've only done a handful of matches, and usually I'm just like, you know, super, hey, what's the locker room setup going to look like? You know, what's the, what's the seating going to set up? And um, just doing the best I can to still keep distance mm-hmm. and you know blah 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 wear my mask like when i'm not actually wrestling and et cetera, et cetera. so um, and but yeah, and so, how uh, can people reach you uh twitter is at cj o'doyle where you get a wide mix of jerk comments and cute kid stories yeah. <laughs> and um twitter's at cj o'doyle Instagram is at LionheartCJ39. And uh, what other socials? Facebook is CJ O'Doyle. And I think that's pretty much it, right? Nice. Twitter. Well, if we, if we ever decide to do any other Chrome movies, we'll have to have this happen again. We need to just do the, uh, the Crow. I was going to do the Crow like with, like, you know, like a special episode. 
the yeah, first one. Maybe, yeah, because that's I, I I can go a long time on that one. <laughs> it would just it would just be ninety minutes of me gushing over how amazing it is, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. No, nobody wants to see me gush that much. <laughs> like I would always, I always thought if I ever decided to be an actor, which I never wanted to be, but a really good uh, monologue would be the uh, the top dollar one. He's talking about the the first one, like the early one, where he's talking about uh, I want you to light a fire so big that the the gods will notice us again. One, mm. he's like slamming his hand on the desk. It's not really a monologue because he talks to uh, to Skank. There's just so many yeah. good quotes. Like okay. I feel like I definitely feel like that's a less is more. Like every quote, all every line in that movie is almost just so quotable. Like in wrestling, they say there's no wasted movement, and I feel like in that movie, like there's no wasted dialogue. Almost, you know? Yeah, it's really not. Even the even uh, the when the little girls like. Talking about hot dogs making you fart, like even that. Dogs making you fart. The hot dog, he talks to she talks to the uh, the the cop at the the hot dog stand. Oh she, yeah 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 like, yeah yeah. Did you want onions? Like, no, they make you fart big time. Yeah, but that's but that's so important because Explains that her. shows she, exactly it shows you she's yep. still just a teenager talking about teenage things, you know. Yep. yep. So to thank the, you oh. to ghost to the, to Ghostbuster number four. So thank you. I was going to, we're going to end on hot dog farts, I think. Perfect. Jimmy smelling. How I end every night. He ends every night with hot dog farts. (laughs) And uh, again, thank you so much for coming back on the show. You know, when it's crow related, you're going to get the phone call or the text. Better. Um, I'll put a Sharpie on my face. Let's go. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Uh, Uh, On that note, thank you so much. Hey guys, no problem. I really appreciate the thought, knowing uh, you know my love for the crow, and letting me come bullshit with you guys for like ninety minutes, and let me talk for probably eighty of them. So thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, man. We love having you. No problem. Well, as you know, I was I am a huge huge crow fan, especially after listening to the previous podcast here. Not anymore. But, yeah, yeah. So when you see a, tr- a sequel go by. And you are disappointed, that becomes a really big thing. In fact, sometimes disappointment is so great that it can make, can hurt the original product. But That's what, what I would said. like to know for our top five, or give me five question of the week, what are your most disappointing sequels or follow-ups? It can even be a TV season. It can be anything you were looking forward to. It came out and it ruined your life, basically. Just so what you guys got? Well, I'll go ahead and start. I wouldn't say that any of these ruined my life, but in some cases it definitely ruined the source material or at least damaged it for me. My number five is going to be uh, a recent entry, and that's Wonder Woman 1984. Mm. I didn't even think about that one, but shocking. Neither did I. It was, it was, depre- it, it was depressing. After, I was depressed afterwards. But I don't know. Okay, go, I, I'm not going to quibble about your list. Go ahead. At number four, I'm going to put Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows. Okay. And I'm going to add the follow up to the original Blair Witch that uh, skipped Book of Shadows called Blair Witch. 
Number three, definitely one that ruined, not ruined completely, but damaged the source materials for me were the Matrix sequels, Hmm. Matrix Revolutions specifically. Number two is going to be Thanksgiving 3. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was unwatchable. It was. I still haven't watched it. Sorry. Don't. And number one on my list, the most stunning disappointment, in my opinion, that I have on my list, at least, is True Detective Season 2. Hmm. Because also, I think also unwatchable. And, and also uh, bloated, even. Yes. And <sighs> greasy. Uh, well, we have a list from our patron of unusual size, Alec. And that in the form of voicemail. Here we go, Alec. Hey, this is Alec with my top five disappointments. At uh, Well, first, honorable mention, I'm going to uh, go with Glass, uh, the long-winded sequel to Unbreakable, which is a movie I love. Mm. Uh, I just didn't didn't do what I wanted to do, which you know, I, it was on purpose, I guess, but I didn't think much of the movie as a result. Um Number five, Iron Man 2. I remember loving the trailer for the movie and then going to see the movie and not really liking it too much. I agree. Four, uh, Dumb and Dumber and Anchorman, the sequels to both of those movies. I kind of knew <laughs> they weren't going to be great, but it still hurt to watch those. Number three, uh, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in concert in 2012. Well, I was disappointed by it, which I was kind of surprised because I, I liked a lot of their music, so I thought I'd put that there. Number two, uh, the TV show Justified, season five. That show is a great TV show, and I think season five isn't very good. And then number one, uh, the biggest disappointment I could think of is being nine years old and walking out of the Karate Kid Part 3. Not very popular for a reason. So that's my top five disappointments. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Those are spectacularly disappointing. Which, Which one was Karate Kid 3 again? Hilary Swank, I think. Was it Hillary Swank? Or was that four? No, maybe there was three. No, three was was three Japan. Three no. was or two was Okinawa, and then three Daniel was like the bully. He was bad for a little bit, or was that the same one? I don't know. Was high. The Karate Kid Returns was with Hillary Swank. Correct. Or the Karate Kid again or something. I don't know. Alec, the Karate Kid. Hopefully the re-edition with, uh, yeah, the next Karate Hopefully the re-edition with John Frusciante will uh, bring you back in love with Red Hot Chili Peppers. So. I see the poster for the Karate Kid 3. And I don't remember it at all. The poster like at all. Uh, John Kreese, broken destitute after the loss of his students, visits his Vietnam War. So Kreese comes back. Yeah. It's no, where the tree gets us. I don't know. Yeah. This is where LaRusso becomes a Cobra Kai. This was in, uh, this was in flashback. Do you remember? In oh, that's Kai right. He, because I was a Cobra Kai and they show it. And he's got this like slick back hair uh, dude. Yeah, and he was like yeah. Daniel LaRusso in the papers and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
definitely forgettable. But okay. both have forgotten it. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so my my disappointing sequels, follow ups, etc. My honorable mention, and this is because the this series always seemed to have the potential to be disappointing, is anything with American Horror Story. Season mm-hmm. one was good, but it had occasional episodes that I was like, that sucked. Season two was really disappointing for me. And then uh, Coven is the only one I think that has been great all the way through. So that's just an honorable mention because it's more on the that's more episodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five. I really enjoyed Coven as well. Coven, in my opinion, was the best season. Yeah. Uh, my number five, something we were hot and heavy on, was the Game of Thrones final season. <sighs> Ooh. Which totally forgot about that, you know, which we were, we were, you know, had people listening. You could even tell, like, you could even tell based on the listenership numbers that it went down people trying to recap what they had watched because they weren't as excited. They pushed it through too fast. You guys, for the most part, know some of my favorite bands. One of the bands that I don't think you would have guessed was one of my favorite bands of all time was Van Halen. All throughout high school, I was huge into Van Halen. And now I enjoy some of it, but one of the reasons why that stopped was Van Halen 3. It was the album they released with Gary Sharon from Extreme. That was their third lead singer. The album came out. I rushed out to buy it to hear what, because you know you had to actually buy the album to hear it back then. I listened to it once, and that was it. It was that bad. So, it was- so it wasn't just because Van Halen refused to play guitar in your high school band? Correct. You're in G- you and Jimmy's high school band. Yeah, I mean, we asked, but they just they were. You had to no. get Eddie Van Halen, yeah, to teach you to play guitar. Yeah, like Bill and Ted. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know. But I held a grudge. I just literally was watching a movie with uh, Keanu Reeves as a as a rolling sage. Yeah, we actually um, the renamed the band after that to the Grudge. Yeah, mm. that'd be kind of that. See. Uh, number three, Heroes season one was awesome. There were other seasons too. So that's my number three, Heroes. Number two, Spider-Man three. Mm, I was wondering if that was going to make it onto anybody's list. Spider-Man one and two were great. Spider-Man three was way too much stuff crammed into a movie and none of it made sense. And also there was dancing. And then of course, Tobey Maguire is just terrible Spider-Man anyway. Compared to the new ones, yeah. But yes, yes, you're correct. Number one, we waited a very long time for this. And then it came out. And back then I was like, man, there's a new Star Wars movie. No. I saw it, and it was going. And as I was watching it, I was like, is this, I I think this is supposed to be good. But now in future watches, you know, based on what I wanted and what I got, Star Wars Phantom Menace. Is going to be my number one biggest disappointment. Greg with the sequel that's not really a sequel. Yep, the perceived perceived sequel. They can suck my midichlorians. <laughs> that's disgusting. Damn, I am I am a terrible nerd because I completely forgot Star Wars. That's okay. Completely forgot Star Wars. For the people out there, well, everyone here out there is just listening. He's saying he forgot Star Wars with literally one, two, three, four, five, six lightsabers floating above his head. Yeah. And a yeah. Mandalorian hat on. And a Mandalorian hat, yep. Wow. And a Mandalorian Darkwing Duck mask over his right shoulder. Yes. Yes. I I apologize. <laughs> I am shamed. I am thusly shamed. Yeah. 
That's okay. But I do have a list. And actually, I'm, I think several of our lists, or most of the stuff, did not overlap, which is awesome. Um, I do have an honorable mention that I will throw out there because I absolutely did not like it. I was looking forward to another movie in the series, and I, I had high hopes when I saw who was in it. And then I went and saw the movie, and I'm like, this is, this is terrible. But that's going to be the all-female version of Ghostbusters. All right. Still haven't seen it. I, well, you're not missing much. I was looking forward to it. I actually liked the people that they cast in it, and it just wasn't good. And for anyone out there that might think that he's complaining because it was an all-female version, that's not why. It is not. It was, yeah, it, the, the humor didn't land as it was supposed to in a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, it, it just it just wasn't good. So that's going to be my honorable mention. But my number five is going to be is going to be a couple of uh, a couple of movies in a series because both the second and third one were not very good, and I actually did very much enjoy the first one. And that's going to be the Pitch Perfect sequels. I can't uh, say that I've seen a single one. the The first one was actually pretty enjoyable. I liked it. Those a lot. are the movies that Rob yeah. takes my wife to. That's right, because <laughs> I don't want to see them. At at number four, I'm going to put Son of the Mask. Ooh. Uh, Absolutely terrible. Yeah, that's another one that I just, I, I let people's, what people said about it keep me from actually seeing it. So, yeah. It, it was not good. At number three, I'm going to put... The second and third movies in another series, and that's going to be the Hangover movies. Mm. The first one was absolutely phenomenal. Just hilarious. The second and third movies were the first movies in a different location. Literally the same story, the same plot, the same thing. A person is missing and they spend the entire movie trying to find a person. And guess what? The person is still at the same place that they started at. It is the exact same story. I'm like, no, 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 stop. I can't. So they were not good. At number two, a classic movie that I very much enjoyed and went and saw the second one. And I was like, what the F? Does this make sense to anybody? They're aliens now? Highlander 2. Oh. Did either of you see that debacle? I think, no, I think I went, I went from Highlander to Highlander Endgame. I did, I did see it. And it's definitely one of those movies that you watch it. And you're like, what did I just watch? It was, it's one of those that seems like it was written for some other thing. Yeah. What was it called? Was it, was that The Quickening? Yes, Highlander 2, The Quickening, yes. Yeah, and like they advertised like it was going to be the best movie ever. So I, and it I was rented not. it, and after I watched it, I was like, when does the actual good movie start? <laughs> and how does this actually fit into the lore? Because Sean Connery is dead. I had a definite man crush on Christopher Lambert. Mm-hmm. But my number one terrible sequel of all time should be no surprise to anyone because I have talked about it numerous times on this very podcast. And that is going to be what I consider to be one of the worst movies of all time, and that is Batman and Robin. Batman? 
Batman. Yep, because it was terrible. <laughs> Rob hates him some bat nipples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely terrible movie. Probably not wrong. Or definitely not wrong. Hmm. Been a very long time since I've seen it. Well, gentlemen, great list. I, love I like it. that we had no overlap. Yeah, I I love that. I I always uh, enjoy when we all have different opinions on everything because I was actually very was... surprised there were no books or video games as well. There. Okay, so I actually removed Final Fantasy X two because I am playing through them both again and giving them a shot. Uh, so a video game did make my list, but I knocked it off because I could have put Final Fantasy IX on there because I hated that one. Yeah, I thought Rob was going to do like you know put the as an honorable mention that Patrick Rothfuss book, but it hasn't come out yet. So he's just... <laughs> <laughs> so it's an honorable mention. But I would like to add an entry into my list, and that is going to be the fourth book in Doors the Patrick Rothfuss series, The Doors of Stone, that has never materialized after like seventy years. <laughs> he has literally been waiting to write this. He he is immortal and he has had this book on hold for 70 years and he's just laughing at all the people who are going to die before ever reading the book. So I, I will do a pact here, even if the, you know, we're we're all 70 years old or a, Jimmy much younger because you know he's a young pup. We're all in the retirement home and that book finally comes out. We will get the podcast back together to review it randomly. So that Rob can rant. For, yeah. for like three years his, after his, his dentures flying from his mouth as he mm-hmm. says swear words we'll okay. record it and in fact at that point it'll probably even be available on hologram so you'll actually be able to have my teeth fly at your face <laughs> we won't need to we'll just jack into the matrix yeah let's send it right into your brains okay sorry continue well you, that's you, it yeah well you've got uh, contact information yeah and, well, that's if, all. <laughs> if you guys want to get in touch with the show, you can go to GiveMe5Podcast.com, where we are adding new features all the time. We've got a great book review section. You can find links to our store as well, where you can buy any super sweet Give Me 5 merchandise that your soul desires. Also adding new things onto there all the time. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMe5Pod. You can also find us on that YouTube where I post video weekly updates. Very short, very to the point. And guys, if you uh, want to help out the show, you can, in addition to buying some super sweet merchandise or checking out our Patreon, as Greg has mentioned, you can leave us a review. That's free. Uh, it takes a very short amount of time, and it really kind of helps us uh, stand head and shoulders above uh, all the other nostalgia, pop culture, entertainment podcasts that are out there. Yeah, we are one better than the Give Me Four podcast but not quite as good as the Give Me Six podcast. Mm. We're working on it. You're going to change the name to the Give Me Eleven podcast. <laughs> no, I can't possibly come up with lists that long. No, neither can Because we turn it up to 11. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Good morning. Good afternoon. Strike first. Strike hard. 
and no mercy.